This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Open up our Bibles and let's jump in. Acts chapter 2. We're talking this first week about united we stand. This is some scriptures here in Acts. And this is the early church when the church is just starting. In other words, we believe in chronological order. Jesus has just went to the cross and died for our sins. He rose from the grave. Come on, anybody believe in the resurrection of Jesus? Spent 40 days with the disciples before he went back to heaven. When he looks at the disciples right before, he says, beam me up, Scotty. Goes back to heaven. Right before he does this, he says to his guys, go therefore, preach the gospel, go everywhere to every nation, baptize these guys, teach them everything I've taught you. And he actually commissions these guys to go start the church. I want to read here these verses and watch the dynamic, watch the unity of when the church first started. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and the many signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to one another who had need. Come on, Puerto Rico and Mexico, we're praying for you today. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. I love the early church. In other words, the early church did not live Sunday to Sunday. But it says every day they were meeting in homes, eating meals together, praying together. They were studying the scriptures, opening up the word of God. They were doing all these things every single day. Every day someone was being saved. You know, one of the things I love about church is at the end of our services, people will come and they'll come and get saved. But can I tell you, the other day I was at Equinox, fresh off, finishing a massive workout. You already know I got obstacles. And um, right there in the Equinox gym, right at the earth bar, Somebody got saved. I led a, led a man to Jesus right in the middle of the gym. Come on. Shout out to Earth Bar. Muscle up. That's my drink. Chad, these are unimportant details. Anyways, but, but we don't believe that God limits salvation to church services. The early church, they were just, they were getting together and they were in each other's houses and in each other's lives. But the main thing they had in common was they shared their faith. But they were all in unity together. I want to preach a message this morning. You can write down the title. It's called United We Stand. And I'll tell you, if we want to do anything great for God, if you want to do anything significant on this earth, you can't do anything great for God without unity. Unity is one of those common denominators that anybody that's done something great for God, they've always been people of faith. 
Anybody that's done something great for God, they've always been marked by generosity. But I'll tell you, God never blesses disunity. He never works through dissension and discord. But he always puts his hand where there's unity. I want to believe for Zoe. And I want to preach this message to everybody that's here. But if you're a part of our community, I want you to just kind of lean into God's word today. I want you to hear with your spirit what God is speaking to our church. God is saying for Zoe, united we stand. We don't stand divided. We stand together. This is not a church that fights with each other. We're a church that fights for each other. If you're going to come to Zoe, one thing you better be just embraced for and ready for, we're going to compliment you. We're going to encourage you. We're going to speak destiny over you. When you're down, we're going to lift you up. When you're up and you're doing good, we're going to lift you higher. Come on, anybody think and anybody glad they're a part of a church of encouragement, of unity, of strength? Come on, 10 people are anybody else excited to be a part of a church that fights for one another? Oh, I've been in churches. I've been to churches that fight with each other. It's the worst in the world. I want to be a church that fights for each other. United, we stand. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it doesn't matter man's opinion as much as it it matters your opinion. We're asking that today, open up our eyes so we can see you, open up our ears so we can hear you, do something unique and profound. We thank you that you are so kind, you are so loving, you are so gracious. We remind our soul and our situation of who you are. Thank you for the blessing that's on Zoe. God, as we go to five services, will you bless and anoint every single service? We thank you for everything that's about to happen. And God, we are believing today once again for a miracle for the Los Angeles Chargers and the Los Angeles Rams. Lord, we know that they need your help, so we're praying as a church. Lord, do what you can. Lord, do what you can. In Jesus' name, and we all sit together. Come on, church, let's applaud and get some faith and thank God. I know we don't believe what we're praying, but we're trying to, be- we're trying to get there. Go Chargers, go Rams. Amen. Um, I don't know if you like this, but I cannot stand fighting. Like discord, disunity, dissension, backbiting. Like just that you ever be socially somewhere and people start fighting and you don't know what to do socially. So you just, start, you just pull out your phone and look down and start scrolling. Well, anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, ah, you guys are doing this in front of me. This is the worst. And you just start scrolling. You know what I'm talking about? The other day, I was at the house, and we ordered some food from this Italian restaurant near our house. And so, you know, Postmates wasn't picking up, so I went physically myself, and I drove to the restaurant. I walked in. I said, hey, to the, to the nice lady at the desk. I said, hey, my, this is my name in our order, and, and uh, just I'm here for the pickup. And I knew I was a little bit early. I was going to have to wait, so that's fine. Catch up on my stuff. So sit down in the chair, and I start scrolling, and I'm waiting. Well, I felt like the time of my waiting had come to an end. And I didn't have my food, so I walked back up and said, hey, how you guys doing? Again, this is my name and my order and just seeing if it's ready. And, 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 and the lady was like, yeah, we'll get right to you. I was like, okay. So I sat back down. I started scrolling again. Got, don't have much more to scroll. You ever refresh your phone? It's the same photo sitting right there. It's like, come on, guys. Nobody's going to post today? Fine. So I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm just kind of waiting. And finally, like it's, like, it's like I've waited way too long. So I went back up, and I said, I told him my name. And, you know, I'm, I'm, now I'm getting a little bit frustrated. I'm getting a little bit. I look at one of the guys, and I'm like, hey, 
bro. Um, I, I, I came a long time ago, and I've been sitting here waiting for my food, and this is my order. So I sat back down again. Now I'm not, now I'm not so happy. And the guy goes in the back. Well, long story short, they had never even put in my order. My order had never been placed. So they come out, and this manager starts fighting with this young employee in front of me. And it's just, I mean, like, he's, giving, he's just going at her. She's fighting back, and I'm just, like, sitting there scrolling on my phone, just looking through my stuff. And I'm okay because I know in my head, that's all right because this meal's about to be free. Amen. In Jesus' name. Y'all do your thing. That's okay because, in fact, throwing some extra meatballs for my pregnant wife, you know what I'm saying? And so now I was just fine with that order right there in Jesus' name. But I just, I don't like fighting. I don't like division and dissension. I want to talk today about being a united church in Christ. We're not a church that fights. We're not a church that fights with each other. We fight for the right things. No, the Bible talks about fighting the good fight. Some of us, we pick up the stupidest fights in the world. Fights that are fruitless. Fights that won't do anything for you. Fights that if you win, what does it really do for you? I don't know about you, but if I'm going to fight, I want to fight for the right things. I want to fight for souls to be saved. I want to fight for people that can't lift up a voice for themselves. Come on, what about, what about fighting for widows? What about fighting for orphans? What about fighting for injustice? Come on, make some noise today, Zoe. If you're willing to fight the good fight, willing to fight for something worth fighting for. I'll tell you one thing I'm, I'm passionate about fighting for at Zoe and passionate about fighting for in my life, and it's unity. Because I believe in the power of unity. I believe in the power of agreement. You know, Jesus said, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, if they agree in anything, he said, I'll do it. There's something powerful about agreement. You know, when we do the prayer cards at church, you ought to fill out a card or at least lift a hand. Because what's happening in the atmosphere is the power of agreement is overwhelming the room. And God's about to act on our behalf. God's about to do something all because of the power of unity and the power of agreement. There's power in multiple yeses. Just love what the Bible's saying to us today. These guys, they weren't just scripture readers. They weren't just breaking bread and having community together. They weren't just prayer warriors. They were people of unity. God always moves through unity. You might be here today going like, well, why should I give my life to unity. What's so important about fighting for unity? Fighting for unity in my life. I'll tell you, write down point number one today. The reason why is because we are united by grace. It's actually Jesus himself that unites us together. In other words, before you encounter Jesus, before you receive the good news, before you said yes to Jesus, you could have been on this agenda and this whole subject and this thing there. But when you say yes to Jesus, all of a sudden you come and you have common ground with your brothers and sisters in Christ. In other words, when you become a believer, you should build bridges between people, not break bridges between people. You should actually, because of your encouragement of your faith, you should actually find ways to love people that don't look like you, love people that don't sound like you. They might like a different fashion. They might listen to a different music. There could be people in our church right now that love to listen to the music of Nickelback. We will love these people. We will pray for them. And their tattoos. So dumb. Um, but watch what the Bible teaches us here in 1 Corinthians. I love this scripture. It says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another. 
in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Bible's teaching us that when we say yes to Jesus, we actually put away our opinions and we receive God's opinion. We put away our agenda and we receive God's agenda. We don't walk in a spirit of pride. We walk and receive a spirit of humility. We prefer one another. Watch here. Philippians 2. Paul writes the same thought. This, this first one we read was to Corinth. Now he's writing to Philippi. A same thought. Watch what he says. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. Let's stop there. The Bible's saying, if anybody's encouraged that you're not going to hell, but you are going to heaven, say yes. Okay, we'll try it again. Oh. Let's just keep reading. Okay, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the Spirit, and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. In other words, the Bible's saying, when I like that people are clapping. This is encouraging. In other words, the Bible's saying, when you say yes to Jesus, you stop living for yourself, stop preferring your own agenda and your own opinions, and you come together in unity because you say, what unifies me is Jesus. Now, one of the things that God always does is God never lets you be in love with him and hate your neighbor. So God never limits his love to vertical. Oh, love Jesus so much, man. Let's sing that chorus again. Let there be light. Oh, love Jesus so much. But man, I hate so-and-so. Oh, I can't stand that person. Oh, so-and-so just drives me crazy. But I love Jesus so much. This is the worst type of Christian we got. Because it's those that love God and hate people. The last time I checked, when you receive the love of God, He gives you a love for others. He gives you a love for humanity, a love for people. You cannot love God and hate your brother. You cannot love God and hate your enemy. We actually pray for those that persecute us, and we bless those that hurt us. Because we're united in Christ. We fight for unity. We prefer one another over ourselves. We're of the same mind, of the same heart. We're on the same page. Uh, write down point number two. This, this is why God wants us to do this. Because God blesses unity. Wherever you see unity, blessing always follows. The blessing of God is right on the heels, it's on the tailwind, it's on the back end of, of, of unity. Where there's unity, God's blessing is just, it's coming right behind it. Yesterday I started my career, it was a significant day in our house, I started my career as a sports dad yesterday. It's a very big day in our home. I, um, I went in the morning time, and at about 10 in the morning I took my son down to his first soccer uh, event it was not a game because they didn't keep score which didn't really make me that happy but it was a, a clinic so skills and stuff so we got him in the cleats and the adidas 
shorts and the whole thing. And we went down there, and it was just amazing to watch. I mean, just unbelievable. You watch these coaches. They, it, was, it was all three-year-olds, okay? It's all three-year-olds. These guys deserve a medal for even trying. So I remember one of the coaches, he stood there with a ball and put, the ball, put, his, put his foot on the ball, and he told all the three-year-olds, he said, okay, I want all you guys to come over here to me, and I want you to come, and I want you to put your right foot on your soccer ball. And I watched as every kid scattered every other way. Like one kid was chasing a butterfly, not mine. And, um, and you know, other kids, are like, other kids are sitting down and like they're doing everything but what the teacher instructed. I want to tell you, when there's division and there's agenda and everybody else trying to do their own thing, there is no blessing from God. But when we come together and we're unified as one church, when we're unified together in the spirit, one mind, one heart, one soul, one mission, God says I'll bless it. Come on, anybody thankful today that God will bless unity? Love this in Psalm. We're going to read together uh, what God declares, what he will do when there's unity. Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in what? Unity. Unity. What is it like? It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It says this, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. Nobody knows what that means. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. For there the Lord, other translations say command. There is a commanded blessing on unity. In other words, God looks and goes, if, if you're going to unify like that, I'll put my hand of blessing on you. Business leader that's here today, please hear me. Your business will have God's blessing if your employees and team are unified. Marriages that are here today. Your house will have the blessing of God if your, if your home comes together in unity. God, church, Zoe, if you're part of Zoe, our church will have the blessing of the Lord, not if we're divided against each other, but if we're unified, united, we stand. God says, I'll command a blessing. I just want to tell you, when God blesses you, he blesses you big. We don't serve the God that gives you just a little bit of blessing. We serve the God of a lot of blessing. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it maketh one rich, and he addeth no sorrow to it. When God wants to bless you, he'll bless your socks off. He said to Abraham, I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and out of you will become nations. Come on, there's a blessing that's on the way, and it's all attached to the unity and the humility of your life. Somebody thank God today that God's blessing is on your home and on your life because of your decision to be unified in the spirit. His blessing always comes with unity. I was at this church recently in West Palm Beach, Christ Fellowship Church, and our dear friends down there, the Mullins, they, they pastor an unbelievable, wonderful church. Never despise small beginnings. This church started with a high school football coach that felt like God was asking him to reach his community. So they started in a barn just with a couple hundred people. And now on the weekends, they have 45,000 people come to church. Many campuses, and they do many uh, wonderful works in their community. And they're just unbelievable. And th recently I was there preaching, and they said to me, will you come and, and speak to our staff? Will you speak to all, of, all the pastors on our staff? And they said, we have about 500 employees for you to speak to. I said, my God. 
So I never forget, I walk in the staff meeting, and you've never been in a more positive atmosphere. You could just feel the joy. You could feel the sincerity, the love for one another. I mean, I felt like I was at home just two minutes of being in the meeting. And I walked in, and people are hugging each other, and they sang, and you could just feel the presence of God was in this place as the staff worshiped together. And then one person got up, and they started bragging on some of the pastors and the work that's happening. And you could just you could hear it, but you could, you could discern it, that these guys really care for one another. These guys, they're they're really cheering one another on. You know, one of the things that will destroy your life is when you start competing with people God's placed in your life that are supposed to compliment you. Some of us are competing against the very people that are called to be blessings in our life. And as soon as you start competing against those folks, you will. The time glass just starts just starts ticking away for the people in your world to vanish away because they can't stand around people that they, they can sense it. You're actually not for them. You're competing with them. But you can sense there's no competition. They're all united. They're all believing God to do something big. They're all small in their own eyes. They don't take themselves too seriously. And I could just sense when I was at this church, the blessing of the Lord is on this house. I'm believing at Zoe that we will stay small in our own eyes. I'm believing at Zoe that we will applaud and we will clap and celebrate the wins of one another. I'm believing at our church when you walk in here. Come on, somebody. I'm believing our church when you walk in here. You're going to be celebrated. Because we're not here to compete with one another. We're here to compliment one another. Amen? So the blessing of God, it always rests on unity. In other words, division is not God's vision. Write that down, point number three. Division is not God's vision. This is not, listen, where you see discord, where you see division, when you see, by the way, what does division mean? Division is two different visions. One person wants to go this way, and another person wants to go this way. Let me just say this to you, Zoe. God has given us one vision for this next year, and it's make more room and reach more people. That doesn't mean we got hundreds of people walking around with their own idea and their own agenda. God's already given us one. We don't have division. We have one vision because division is not from God division is diabolical by nature that was a tough word to get out division is not from the Lord it's from the enemy the enemy wants to come in and he literally wants he will do everything within his power to bring division in your life watch this let me just explain this to you God he wants to bring you and unite you together in Christ united we stand but the ploy and the tactic of the enemy is always to divide He does this in every area of your life. The enemy wants your home to be divided. He always attacks the family unit. He's been doing this since Genesis. Trying to divide what he spoke to Eve was to bring division with Adam and division between God, success. The first family, Adam and Eve, what are their two kids' names? Cain and Abel, they both bring a sacrifice before God. The jealousy and the sibling rivalry. It's the first time in the scriptures we see sibling rivalry. Cain rises up, kills his brother Abel. God comes on the scene. Excuse me, Cain, where's your brother? He goes, God, I don't know where my brother is. Am I my brother's keeper? All of a sudden, division in the family once again. 
The enemy's tactic is to bring division. Watch, he wants to divide your business. He wants to divide your home. He wants to divide your friendships. He wants to divide your marriage. He wants to divide your heart. So half of you is like God's good. Half of you is like God's bad. Half of you like I want to serve the Lord. Half of you I want to lose my mind. You live with a duplistic heart and a duplistic mind. Well, I'll tell you right now, we will not give in to the schemes and the strategies of the devil. We will not live with division because that is not God's vision. We will live solidarity. We will live in clarity. We will live as decision makers. Come on, somebody thank God today. I will make my vow before the Lord and I will keep it in Jesus' name. He's going to do everything he can to bring division in your life. God is not the God of confusion. He's the God of peace. But the enemy always attacks and wants to bring confusion. Did God really say that? Am I, do I really have to tithe? Do I, re- do I really have to serve God, join the dream team and the growth track? Do I, and as soon as the enemy can get you to question God's word, he's already leading you down a path of division. He does it every time, doesn't he? Jesus knew this. And he actually quotes this when they came to him and they brought accusations against him. And watch what Jesus talks about, how the enemy knows that a house divided cannot stand. Put those scriptures up together. If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. What's the Bible saying? If a marriage comes together and one of the spouses is a UCLA Bruins fan and the other is a USC Trojans fan, something's got to give. Nope, didn't work. Okay. A house divided cannot stand. I want to ask you the question this morning. Where are you divided in your life that's bringing division? What relationships in your life are bringing such discord and division that you know it's the enemy that's creeping in that lie to you, telling you what's not true, getting you to question things that you know are true, but you're leading, you're leading your, your mind and your life down a fruitless, barren path because God is a God of peace. And when God starts working in your life, one of the things that God will do is he'll give, you, he'll give you a mind to do the work that he's put in front of you. Not a duplistic mind where you're like, one day I'm in and the other day I'm out. He'll give you a mind to just fulfill the call that's on your life. In other words, the Bible says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and love and sound mind. You know, the Greek word for sound mind in the Greek, it literally means disciplined thinking. So in other words, God gives me a spirit so I don't have to live a life of going like, oh, I'm, I'm spiritually schizophrenic. And one day I want to serve God and the other day I want to lose my mind. And one day I want to be holy and the other day I want to be unholy. No, when you encounter grace and the spirit of God is in you, he gives you a heart to do the will of the Lord. That we were standing united in Christ on the principles and truths of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody in the 12 p.m., thank God today. We got the spirit of power. We got the spirit of love. We got a sound mind. We're unified in Christ. We're not going to let the enemy bring division in our life. So worship team, you can come join me. Here's the last thing we need to ask God for and we need to pray for. We need to ask God, write this down. We need to ask God for standing power. 
Only God can give us this ability. In other words, on my own strength, I want to have my agenda. On my own strength, I want to do my own thing. On my own strength, I want to make money. But when I come and I ask God for standing power, he gives me the ability to be a unifier and a bridge builder and someone that stands arm to arm, not on my own terms, but on the terms of the army of the Lord. Let me read these last verses to you, Ephesians. Chapter 6, this is the chapter where he's talking about put on the armor of God. Stand firm. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. You know what the Bible's actually referring to, church? Saying that we've got to do everything we can to stand united in Christ. In other words, unity doesn't fall from the sky and touch our hearts and we just go, whoa, we're just unified. This feels really good. This is like, I love everybody. To be honest, the Bible's saying quite the opposite. We're going to have to fight for unity. We're going to have to fight for people that don't look like us, smell like us, talk like us. We're going to walk into church and look around and Man, the diversity in this room is unbelievable. What's uniting us is Jesus. Having done all that we can to put on the armor of God so I can stand. I tell you, before you can, before you can run, before you can walk, you got to be able to stand. You know, we're going to have a new baby this Super Bowl Sunday. You know, our baby number four is due, and, you know, having a newborn is so awesome. And, and you know, my one-year-old and my three-year-old, they're so fun. They're about to turn two and four. But I remember those beginning days when we first just taught them how to just stand and, and they hold on to a finger, and they can, they can barely stand. And then, and then eventually they develop where, where they can walk. And now my, my one-year-old, we, if we open the door, this kid is gone. I mean, he's just like, he's Lightning McQueen gone. This kid is gone, gone. He's running church. We cannot run to fulfill the call that's on our life unless we learn how to stand and stand unified and stand arm to arm and stand linked together and say you're my brother and you're my sister I don't know what you've gone through I don't know what you've gone through I know what I've gone through but I'm going to stand unified and we're going to push back the gates of the enemy we're going to push back and we're not going to let the enemy stand and bring a bunch of discord and bring a bunch of division because we're standing and the blessing of the Lord is going to come rush on all over this community and all over this church and all over your life, and all over your home, and all over your marriage, and all over your relationships, because we said, I'm going to stand united in Christ. Oh, come on, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I felt like telling somebody in L.A., you might as well fight the good fight. You might as well finish the good race. Oh, come on. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.